Colorado took it down to the wire on the last night of the regular season to finish first in the West Division and capture the President's Trophy. Prior to this regular season West Edition podcast, we were certain of the West Division playoff teams. St. Louis made it official by knocking out Arizona. The playoff seating is set with Colorado, Vegas, Minnesota, and St. Louis. This podcast will give you how the West Division regular season finished to set itself up for this year's NHL playoffs. This week, West Edition, I'm your host, Tim Bigelow. The focus of this podcast is with analysis for Arizona, Colorado, Minnesota, and St. Louis, four of the eight teams that will make up the Central Division in 2021-22, the four currently playing in the West Division this season with Vegas, LA, Anaheim, and San Jose, usually Pacific Division teams. We talk about those latter teams because of this year's interdivisional play and mostly playoff-bound Vegas. Recorded Friday, May 14th, after the West Division's final pair of regular season games concluded the night before. This is the regular season West Division recap, and yes, for that reason, it includes Arizona. As the final regular season addition for the focus teams, I've set it up a bit differently. We will begin with the President Trophy winning Colorado Avalanche. Then we will turn our attention to St. Louis, second putting the teams playing each other in the first round, the one versus four matchup, back-to-back. This, however, is not a playoff preview edition. There will be separate podcasts for both Colorado versus St. Louis and Vegas versus Minnesota and those first-round playoff series individually. Minnesota in this podcast will follow third as Vegas played all the focus teams except their final regular season game versus San Jose, I have included a summary of that game to follow after the Minnesota segment as those teams are set to face off in the playoffs. After we finish with the West Division, Central Division-focused teams that, because we expected Vegas to be a playoff-bound team, that one would miss the playoff cutoff and it was Arizona who fell short. We will still look at how the regular season ended for them. The focus teams will have a season wrap individual podcast beginning with Arizona this year. Those won't begin until the playoffs are at a point where I have the ability to focus on doing wrap-up editions. Just be aware that I am not doing that here. This really is how the seeding for the playoffs was set and why St. Louis, not Arizona, is in this season's playoffs as we recap the regular season for those teams. We start our focus look with Colorado. They finished with the same point percentage as Vegas. Vegas had one more win. However, the first tiebreaker was regulation wins. Colorado had 35 regulation wins to Vegas' 30, and that's how Colorado, with the same point total, became this year's President's Trophy winner 
for the NHL's best regular season team. Here's a final regular season expanded standings look at Colorado in the Honda West Division. Colorado, 732 point percentage first since the last podcast, 5-1-0. Overall, 39-13-4. 56 games played, 82 points, 197 goals for, 133 goals against, plus 64 goal differential. Game recaps. After winning the first three versus San Jose, Colorado dropped the last game of a four-in-a-row set in San Jose to pick up where we left off. Here's the game summary. Wednesday, May 5th, a 3-2 loss at San Jose. 4-19 left in the first. Colorado's Nathan McKinnon takes a high stick that goes uncalled. McKinnon instead takes a two-minute unsportsmanlike penalty for the non-call. 3.16 left. San Jose point shot and rebound saved by Colorado goalie Philip Grubauer with Colorado shorthanded in a scoreless first with little to no high danger scoring chances. 41 seconds into the second, Colorado's Kale McCarr, one against three, gets into the offensive zone and gets off a wrister from the slot, forcing San Jose goalie Yosef Kozanosh to make a stop. 4.10 in, Colorado goalie Grubauer stops the San Jose breakaway. 421 left, Colorado open the scoring. After a big pad save, Colorado Station's Jost able to cut in and lift a backhand up and in. 206 left, Colorado's Gabriel Landeskog stopped in the slot. 154, San Jose breakaway stop. 142 left, Colorado 3 on 2. Andre Burakowski's one timer from the dot goes short side, lifted for a Colorado goal. 25 seconds left, Colorado's McKinnon from the dot stopped on a give and go. 13 seconds left, a San Jose 3 on 2 becomes a 2 on 0 for a tap in net side San Jose goal. 2 on Colorado through 2. 146 into the third on a broken play. San Jose throw the puck net front, but it stays out. 250 in, a San Jose point shot rebound is tucked in around Colorado goalie Grubauer's pad for a San Jose game tying goal. 717 in, Colorado goalie Grubauer save on a San Jose blast. 918 in from the dot San Jose power play game winning goal on a one-timer leads to a San Jose 3-2 upset win. 33-32 shot San Jose, Colorado 0 for 2, San Jose 1 for 4 on the power play. Colorado goalie Grubauer, 3 goals against, 30 saves in the loss. Colorado game perspective in a rare game where San Jose wasn't terrible defensively as they usually are this season. They take advantage of Colorado being less disciplined and convert on one of the four power play chances on Colorado while taking two less minors. The additional two for Colorado came in the third period as Colorado blows a two-goal lead, beginning with a late San Jose goal with under 20 seconds to go in the second and a dud of a third period where they give up uncharacteristically two goals while being outshot 12-6. to Had Colorado not went out to grab top spot in the West Division and first overall, this would be the game I would emphasize as the one that cost them that honor. It didn't. It may have provided Colorado with the motivation to win out the rest of the way. It certainly appeared that way. Colorado start a new win streak on the road as they play two in L.A. of an away and home four-game set that has a final night encounter with first place implications sandwiched in between it. Here's the summaries for the two in L.A. Friday, May 7th, 3-2 win at L.A. 2-12 into the first, Colorado goalie Philip Grubauer makes a pad save, but L.A. fires in the rebound blocker side for an L.A. goal to open scoring. 5-49 in Colorado power play goal, Miko Rantanen's one-timer short side bar down from the dot after Colorado goes around the horn, having grabbed the puck from a net front scrum. 
208 left. Colorado, Kale McCarr driving the net on a Colorado power play. Takes out LA goalie Cal Peterson. Teams play 4 on 4, 1 1 after 1. 256 into the second. Colorado's Tyson Jose Rister from the circle. Off the rush goes 5 hole. A soft goal by LA goalie Peterson. 734 in Colorado's Rantanen off the rush with McCarr stopped in the slot by LA goalie Peterson off the rush. 958 left Colorado goal McCarr joins the rush as he outweights Peterson in the slot and slides it under the arm in as LA goalie Peterson is down and out of position. 3-1 Colorado through 2. 432 into the third, Colorado's Valerie Nishnushkin denied net side by LA goalie Peterson. 10-03 in LA get four-minute high stick penalty. LA able to kill the penalty off. 234 left Colorado defensive zone turnover. Shot goes to the slot on a rebound and is backhanded over the pad under the glove for an LA goal. Colorado hold on to win 3-2. to two. Shots 37-17 Colorado. Colorado 1-4. for four. LA 0-1 with the power play. Colorado goalie Grubauer 2 goals against 15 saves in the win. Saturday, May 8, 3-2 win at LA. 204 into the first. Colorado's JT Comfort forehand net side stop by LA goalie Cal Peterson. 446 in. Colorado open the scoring off the rush. Devin Taves post an in short side goal from the slot on a broken down loose puck play. 942 left. Colorado's Jonas Donskoy from the slot off of a faceoff is stopped. 929 left Colorado power play goal. Kale McCarr's slap shot one-timer put short side. 602 left LA goal. Skate to stick on a deep pinch. Lifted short side on Colorado goalie Jonas Johansson. 107 left Colorado goalie Grubauer stops LA from the slot and a rebound chance. 2-1 Colorado after one. 945 into the second Colorado goal off the cycle. Taves, D-pinch, gets a cross-seam pass from the dot, goes short side top corner. 8-12 left, Colorado's Miko Rantanen's one-timer from the dot stopped. 7-19 left, Colorado's Nazem Kadri robbed from the circle by L.A. goalie Peterson. Glove save on the power play. 11 seconds left, Colorado goalie Johansson makes a poke check as L.A. press in the offensive zone late. 3-1 Colorado through 2. 521 into the third, just as an L.A. power play expires. L.A. goal on an in-close pass in the circle is put in short side. 13-21 left, Colorado's Tyson Jost in the slot stopped by L.A. goalie Peterson's glove save. 601 left, Colorado goalie Johansson's pad save on L.A. Colorado win 3-2. Shots 30-18 Colorado. Colorado 1-3 for three, LA 0-2 on the power play. Colorado goalie Johansson 2 goals against 16 saves in the win. Colorado game perspective. Colorado without top center Nathan McKinnon and defenseman Sam Gerrard looked different to be sure. The other two big Colorado defense, Kale McCarr and Devin Taves, were full value with a pair of goals each over the two games, including getting game-winning goals in each of them, respectively. Colorado got offense from the defense, but not at the expense of defensive play. Saturday's game was the ninth time, including this two identical 3-2 Colorado wins, that Colorado held the opposition to under 20 shots on goal. L.A. had 17 and 18 shots on goal, while Colorado was over 30 shots on goal, four in both games. That's going to provide a winning formula, even against a stingy defensive structured team like L.A.
The final Colorado game in Vegas still had first place implications, so as long as Colorado won the game in regulation, and Colorado did that. Here's the game summary. Monday, May the 10th, 2-1 win at Vegas. 1.26 into the first, Colorado's Andre Burakovsky in close stop by Vegas goalie Robin Leonard. 140 in, Nicholas Waugh stopped net front by Colorado goalie Philip Grubauer. 315 in, Vegas's Jonathan Marceschel in the slot on a rebound stopped by Colorado goalie Grubauer. 811 in, Vegas's Nicholas Haggs point blast stopped by Colorado goalie Grubauer. Vegas goal on a rebound, Alex Petrangelo from the dot wires at roof to open the scoring. 828 in, Vegas's Alex Tuck misses a glorious open net on a Vegas two-on-one. He shoots it through the crease with an open cage with the teams playing four-on-four. 6.23 left. Vegas's Tuck off the wing, stopped by Colorado goalie Grubauer. Glove save. 2.49 left. Colorado's Valerie Nishnushkin from the slot is stopped by Vegas goalie Leonard. one nothing Vegas after one. 4.10 into the second. Colorado's Nazem Kadri stopped short side by Vegas goalie Leonard on a Colorado 2-on-1. 6.01 in. Vegas's Petriangelo stopped by Colorado goalie Grubauer on a Vegas 2-on-1 keep. 7.04 in. Colorado goal. Burakowski chips in the neutral zone, creates a 2-on-2, and he uses a Vegas D as a screen from the slot to score short side up the middle. 5.44 left. Vegas's Petriangelo toe drag wrister from the circle is stopped by Colorado goalie Grubauer. 5.26 left, Colorado's Miko Rantanen stopped short side by Vegas goalie Leonard off the wing on the rush. One all through two. 7.40 into the third, Colorado goalie Grubauer makes the third of three key saves, the last one on Vegas's tuck on the Vegas power play. 8.27 left, Colorado get the game-winning goal as J.T. Confer, park net front, pots it five-hole on a backhand pass set up by rookie Alex Newhook on a clean zone entry started by Confer, who after dishing it off to Connor Timmins, drove to the Vegas net to start and finish off the play. 2-1 win Colorado. Shots 37-21 Vegas. Colorado 0 for 2. Vegas 0 for 3 with the power play. Colorado goalie Grubauer. One goal against 36 saves for the win. Vegas goalie Leonard. Two goals against 19 saves and loss. Vegas played the game with 10 forwards, 5 defensemen due to both a combination of salary cap and injuries. Colorado game perspective. I have all day to watch these two teams play each other. It will be one big play combined with one big save because that's usually the difference in how these games determine a winner. Vegas's Tuck's two-on-one miss could have put Vegas up too early. Colorado made good on Confer's goal while both goalies were good. Both teams credit Colorado goalie Grubauer, who in a 36-save performance absolutely was the best of the two goalies on this night, and he had to be for Colorado to win. Colorado win the two versus L.A. at home to finish out the regular season and capture the President's Trophy on the final day of West Division play. Wednesday made a 12-6-0 win versus L.A. 7.50 in, Colorado's Kiefer Sherwood puts a loose puck through the crease, missing a sure goal. 9.01 in, Colorado's Jonas Donskoy puts it off the mask of L.A. goalie Cal Peterson off the rush. 5.17 left, Colorado power play goal, open scoring. Donskoy chips a rebound up and in off Andre Burakowski's slot shot off L.A. goalie Peterson's pad. 3.58 left Colorado goal. Pierre-Edouard Balmer goes to the paint and gets to the loose puck off L.A. goalie Peterson's pad and uses his skate to kick it to his stick to put it five-hole on 
the forecheck. 255 left LA from the slot, put it off the crossbar. 45 seconds left off the Colorado forecheck. Miko Rantanen to JT Comfort, who wires a one-timer roof far glove side from the slot for a Colorado goal. 3-0 Colorado after one. 416 in Colorado's Confer and Devin Taves with a given goal back to Confer for his second in the paint for a tap in blocker side Colorado goal. 510 in Colorado's Jason Magna stopped by LA Goy Peterson's glove save. 1003 in Colorado goal off the forecheck to the point and a point pass to Gabriel Landeskog in the slot for a backhand lifted glove side through traffic. 8.17 left, Colorado's Valerie Nishnushkin, partial breakaway, goes just over the net. 11.47 in L.A. make poor defensive zone turnover up the middle that Colorado's Confer intercepts and then does a give-and-goal with Nishnushkin. Now on a 2-on-0 net front, and Confer completes his first career hat-trick as he lifts it short side at the top of the crease with L.A. goalie Peterson simply left hung out to dry. 45 seconds left, Colorado's Rantanen rings the far side post on a 2-on-1 keep. 6-0 Colorado through 2. 7.45 left, Colorado goalie Philip Grubauer makes a pad save on an L.A. slot shot deflected on route by Colorado defenseman Taves in the third period. 6.38 left, Colorado's Gabriel Landeskog is stopped in close. The shots were 37-18 for Colorado. Colorado 1 for 4. LA 0 for 2 on the power play. Colorado goalie Grubauer 18 saves for his 7th shutout in the 6-0 Colorado final. Thursday, May 13th, a 5-1 win versus LA. 52 seconds in, Colorado's Jonas Donskoy. Rob net front by LA journeyman goalie Troy Grossneck. 2-17 in, Colorado's Miko Rantanen's backhand is stopped. 11-39 left LA. Goalie Grossneck makes a net front pad stop on Colorado's Tyson Jost's deflection. 11-25 left, Colorado's Gabriel Landeskog in the slot is stopped. 4-49 left LA, point blast through a screen forces Colorado goalie Jonas Johansson's pad stop. 2-50 left, Colorado's Donskoy, two-on-one keep, glove save by LA goalie Grosnick. 45 seconds left, Colorado's Andre Burakowski has the puck taken away on the Colorado cycle in the LA defensive zone at the blue line, getting appended and knocked down, leading to an LA breakaway and LA goal to open the scoring, forehand lifted glove side. one nothing LA after one, with the shots on goal, 12-4 Colorado and Grosnick looking to steal the President's Trophy in his rare appearance and performance. 9.46 into the second, the storybook ending for LA's Grosnick begins to be undone as Colorado's Joe's top circle wrister put short side shelf through a net front screen. 9.30 left, Colorado goalie Johansson makes a save and rebound stop followed by a glove save with 9.12 left on LA. 8.22 left, Colorado goal, Joe's second. Off the cycle, Connor Timmins to Jost for a net front tip past the far side pad as LA goalie Grossnick slides across to try and make the stop. 7.23, Colorado Timmins forces another big save by L.A. goalie Grosnick from the dot. 5.14 left, Colorado goal, Pierre-Edouard Balmer in the paint, puts away a rebound after a save and rebound stop. 3.10 left, Colorado off the cycle, Nazem Kadri goes around behind the L.A. net. 
turns and throws the puck on the net. It goes off L.A. goalie Grosnick. Colorado get a goal as Donskoy bats it out of the air, short side from the top of the paint. 2-10 left, clean open ice hit by L.A.'s Brendan Lemieux on Colorado's Samuel Gerrard, former Colorado and clutch playoff performer Claude Lemieux's son. Colorado's Ryan Graves comes in to fight L.A.'s Lemieux. Both get five, and Graves gets a two instigator and ten. The L.A. power play lasts 18 seconds before a trip penalty has the teams playing four on four. 102 left Colorado goal. Burakovsky's wrister put top corner glove. Five unanswered Colorado goals. 5-1 Colorado through two. 422 left in the scoreless third. Colorado Joe stopped short side on a spin and fire from the circle. Can't score with 156 left. 38 seconds left Colorado's Jost. Backhand off the Russia stop. Shots 43-22 Colorado in the 5-1 win. Both teams over two on the power play. Colorado goalie Johansson. One goal against 21 saves in the win. Colorado game set perspective, even with top center Nathan McKinnon as well as top six vet forward Brandon Saad out. Colorado found all sorts of goal scoring to finish with a pair of high scoring affairs at home. Although, at least for half of the second game versus LA, goalie Troy Grosnick was making it feel possibly in doubt. It wasn't as Colorado controlled the puck possession and were bound to break Grosnick given the sheer quality and quantity of shots on goal. It felt like it was only a matter of time, and it was. Often forgotten, JT Comfer, Jonas Donskoy, and Tyson Jost were three Colorado players that had big offensive games and were impactful in both. Just if you wanted to suggest concerns of secondary scoring for Colorado, that trio Comfer had his hat-trick game, Donskoy had a goal in each game, Jost had a pair in the second game, and also fourth-line center Balmer had a goal in each game as well. Colorado's overall analysis, it wasn't a perfect May walk to the President's Trophy for Colorado. However, the only loss was to San Jose to finish the season, and the final regular season win in Vegas made it possible for Colorado to match Vegas's point percentage and finish first in the West Division and the NHL on the benefit of the first tiebreaker regulation wins. Want to know what I think about this? You know I'm going to tell you anyways. The first tiebreaker is the best choice of the available options the NHL could have chosen. They had this right. Rewarding a team who did better in regulation wins, considering the flawed extra point system the NHL does have, is the best way to do it. Secondly, if it were head-to-head instead of, well, those silly OT shootout games, depending on the teams involved, could factor in. Take, for example, Nashville versus Dallas head-to-head this year. Nashville, with all five of their wins in extra time, was 5-3-0 and for 10 points versus Dallas. Dallas, with three regulation wins, was 3-0-5 versus Nashville and picked up 11 points. Who won the head-to-head? The team with the most points or the most wins? Simply and thankfully, it doesn't matter in the tie in points for the top spot in the NHL. Regulation wins for the whole regular season was the first tiebreaker, and Colorado had 35 to Vegas's 30 regulation wins. That's substantial, and Colorado's 35 regulation wins led the NHL this season. The last head-to-head win versus Vegas that accurately was captured in regulation, or you do realize Vegas would have ended up with more points in Colorado this season. You must thank Colorado Team MVP goalie Philip Grubauer for that one and saving you from having me 
putting the emphasis on rant in Rantanen on the Colorado team lost to San Jose, I would have had at this exact moment as to go off on how the loss to San Jose cost Colorado finishing first overall and home ice in the playoffs. Thankfully, that didn't happen. The final back-to-back to me also showed without starter Grubauer in heading into the playoffs. To me, the next goalie up should be Johansson, not a healthy Dubnik. And hopefully in this cup or bust season for Colorado, we simply never learn who plays goal after Grubauer in a Colorado playoff run because no one else does. The defense depth survived missing Samuel Girard. The decor is better with him, we also realized, and that was confirmed. How to fully in the lineup ready are top center Nathan McKinnon and top six forward Brandon Saad, who did not finish the regular season games. Colorado showed offense without those two, but you can't replace them with the next guy up. It's more of a challenge for Colorado to win without them. Showing you can against LA is not the same as in an NHL playoff series or in Colorado's case, a potential cup run. Colorado provided drama and actually gave me the first round West Division playoff matchup I wanted to see. You have to wait for the series previews, but you don't have to wait long for them. Just a quick note, the hard numbers for Colorado are for the full 56 and all the West Division teams included in this podcast. However, those crazy Canucks up north needed more time to finish their regular season and are still playing. So the league ranks could actually fluctuate from an actual final league ranking standpoint. Colorado's team metrics goes allowed 2.36 per game average ranked third up two rank spots the goal scored 3.52 is identical and stayed ranked first overall over the last two previous podcasts concluding with a 83.1 percent success rate the penalty kill for Colorado is eighth ranked up a spot in back-to-back pods power play finished with a 22.7 percent success eighth Colorado stays second in the league in shots on goal four finishing with 34.6 shots on goal average per game Colorado remains first in shots on goals allowed with 25.4 per game Colorado's useless factoid Colorado also finished tops with the most regular season games holding an opposition to under 20 shots on goal per game or less doing it a league best 10 times Thumbs up, hockey's best top line. Yeah, Edmonton wants to talk about its two elite forwards, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and that other Canadian team I never name has its M&Ms. Heck, we should include Chicago's Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane in the NHL's dynamic duos. What Colorado shouldn't do is separate hockey's best trio to compare with the duos because you know what? All the duos listed above don't have the third complement that Colorado does. This week's final thumbs up could very well be goalie Philip Grubauer, absolutely deservedly. We could have chosen D-men, Kale McCarr or Devin Taves, or the supporting depth scoring Colorado had in the absence of top center McKinnon and Brandon Saad. Instead, I want to share the best line in hockey's final season stats. Miko Rantanen, 30 goals, 36 assists, 66 points in 52 games played to lead Colorado. Nathan McKinnon, 20 goals, 
45 team-leading assists, 65 points in 48 games played. And Gabriel Landeskog, 20 goals, 32 assists, 52 points in 54 games played. Landeskog just missed point-per-game production, or all three would have. Even so, all were 20-plus goal scorers with 30-plus assists for the regular season. Thumbs down, it's a team award for the third period in the 3-2 loss to San Jose. I mean, really, there isn't much to critique in this stretch for Colorado. Colorado gave up two goals after a late-minute goal to blow a two-goal lead and lose in regulation 3-2 in that game to San Jose. San Jose outshot Colorado 12-6 in the third as well. That's the only game costing period blemish that came close to costing Colorado the President's Trophy and home ice advantage through the playoffs. The injury report for all the teams and those updates will be included in the playoff previews for the West Division teams. Now to explain why fourth place St. Louis is next in the focus teams this week. Don't read it as a slight to Minnesota who had a better regular season and is higher seeded for the playoffs. Nor was it really to do with how the team's final two games head-to-head to finish out the season went that St. Louis did win. Simply, I just wanted to pair Colorado with St. Louis as fans of those teams and those markets would be most interested in the other team given the upcoming playoff series. Likewise for Minnesota, I have followed them with a look at how Vegas finished their regular season after the Minnesota segment and finally am finishing with Arizona who missed the playoffs. St. Louis finished 3-1-2 and and officially secured the fourth and final playoff spot in the West Division. Here's St. Louis's regular season final expanded West Division standings look. St. Louis, a 563 point percentage, fourth since the last pod, 3-1-2, and overall 27, 20, and 9. 56 games played, 63 points, 169 goals for, 170 goals against a minus one goal differential. Game recaps. St. Louis with a win and an L.A. loss would have clinched a playoff berth. Instead, we pick up with St. Louis falling at home to Anaheim in a shootout. Here's the game summary. Wednesday, May the 5th, 3-2 shootout loss versus Anaheim. 6.55 into the first, St. Louis's Nico Mikula and Anaheim's Max Comtos get five for fighting. 8.08 left in the first, St. Louis opened the scoring. A power play goal for Mike Hoffman over the pad under the blocker on Anaheim goalie Anthony Stores from the circle on a zone entry. 7.15 left, St. Louis's Robert Bertuzzo on a deep pinch gets a slot tip that stopped. one nothing St. Louis after one. 7.03 left in the second, Anaheim goal on a top of paint deflection to defeat St. Louis goalie Jordan Binnington. 509 left, Anaheim slot shot stopped by St. Louis goalie Binnington. 359 left, Anaheim on a 3-1, put the puck over the net without getting a shot on goal. 57 seconds left, St. Louis's Jordan Kairos slot shot through a screen forces Anaheim goalie Stores glove save. One all through two. 215 into the third, Anaheim goal on a deep pinch off a goal line pass down low from the circle where a slot wrister beats St. Louis goalie Bennington short side. 3.49 in Anaheim crash to St. Louis goal crease. St. Louis goalie Bennington gets cut on the chin in the melee and somewhat shaken up collects himself and stays in the game. 5.28 in St. Louis goal. Kyle Clifford goes to the net to deflect in a sidewall pass off the St. Louis cycle. 7.01 left Anaheim slot shot stopped. 
4.54 left. St. Louis, Goy Bennington, blocker save on a slot shot. 2.22 left. St. Louis, two-on-one. Clifford's one-timer, short side denied as Anaheim Goy Stoller stretches out for a big pad save. 2-2 after three, needing OT. 2.22 left in the overtime. St. Louis, Goy Bennington, big save on Anaheim backhand, all alone net front. On to the skills competition for the really important extra point. Anaheim's second shooter scores. No one else does. Anaheim 3-2 shootout win. 35-26 shots. Anaheim. St. Louis 1-3. for Anaheim 0-2 for with the power play. St. Louis goalie Bennington 2 goals against 33 saves in the shootout loss. St. Louis's game perspective, class act Anaheim forward David Backus played his possible final NHL game in St. Louis, where his 16-year career began in 10 seasons, five he was the team captain for. St. Louis drafted him in the 2003 draft. Early in the season, this type of game from St. Louis drove me up the wall, where they actually played down to the competition. The team that played better won this game. How it was Anaheim is why St. Louis's season is all in all a disappointment. Games exactly like this. At least St. Louis had a team to play up to competitively, playing their next two in Vegas. They lost again in extra time and then in regulation in the set to pick up a single point for the cause that did put St. Louis into the final West Division playoff spot officially. Here's the game summaries. Friday, May the 7th, 4-3 overtime loss at Vegas. 123 in Vegas's Chandler Stevenson from the circle stop by St. Louis goalie Jordan Bennington. 431 in St. Louis's Justin Falk from the slot forces a pad save by Vegas goalie Robin Leonard. 636 left Vegas goal Riley Smith net front off a skate or his stick after Vegas force a St. Louis defensive zone turnover off the forecheck. 52 seconds left shorthanded goal St. Louis Tyler Bozak chips and then gets the puck down low and behind the Vegas net he sets up Ryan O'Reilly for a one-timer short side from the circle 1-1 after 1 521 into the second William Carlson takes a goalie interference call getting pushed by St. Louis's Braden Shen into St. Louis goalie Bennington 557 in St. Louis's Mike Hoffman's power play blast forces a big pad stop by Vegas goalie Leonard 526 left St. Louis goal three on two David Perron from the dot beats Vegas goalie Leonard five hole a leaky one that for sure Vegas goalie Leonard wanted back 342 left St. Louis goal Jaden Schwartz collects the puck off a funny bounce off the glass and then goes far side past the pad to beat Vegas goalie Leonard who was deep in his net hugging the short side 10 seconds left Vegas goal point blast by Alex Martinez through traffic off the Vegas cycle 652 into the third Vegas goal Nicholas Waugh on a poke check rebound set up by a point shot off the four check Waugh spins and risks it in short side on St. Louis goalie Bennington Vegas goalie Leonard net front stop on St. Louis's Kyle Clifford 725 in 733 left St. Louis's Schwartz slot shot Vegas goalie Leonard makes a pad stop on St. Louis's goalie Bennington makes a pad stop on his own defender's deflection on net at the buzzer as Vegas attempt a net front pass three to three after three needing three on three OT 313 left in overtime St. Louis's Hoffman on a breakaway stop five hole St. Louis two on one has Robert Thomas's slot shot stopped with 241 left 138 left forehand to backhand by Vegas Alex Petriangelo but he is denied in close 18 seconds left Vegas overtime game winning goal Jonathan Marchessault alone in the slot puts it five hole as St. Louis gets puck watching the eventual winner passer 
Alex Tuck, who sets it up for the Vegas 4-3 overtime win. Shots 35-25 Vegas, 0-for-1 St. Louis, Vegas 0-for-3 on the power play. Vegas goalie Leonard, 3 goals against, 22 saves for the overtime win. St. Louis goalie Bennington, 4 goals against, 31 saves for the overtime loss. Saturday, May 8th, the 4-1 loss at Vegas, 11-17 left in the first. Vegas' Jonathan Marsha shows wraparound stop by St. Louis goalie Billy Huso. 7-34 left, Vegas goal, Riley Smith off the rush. Vegas get the puck down low, and net side Smith puts it off St. Louis's Jaden Schwartzenen. 6-28 left, Vegas shorthanded goal, Alex Petriangelo steals the puck with a backhand pass, sets up Chandler Stevenson net side for a short side one-timer. 2-0 Vegas after 1. 136 into the second, Vegas's Alex Tuck shot off the rush, forces St. Louis goalie Huso to make a glove save. 8-47 left, St. Louis's Mike Hoffman stopped by a blocker and post short side save by Vegas goalie Marc-Andre Fleury. 2.49 left, Vegas goalie Flurry glove save on St. Louis's Braden Shen's breakaway. 1.30 left, Vegas goalie Flurry tripped up by St. Louis's Kyle Clifford. Vegas's Petriangelo whacks St. Louis's Clifford stick, and St. Louis's Mackenzie McEachern grabs a hold of Petro. St. Louis's McEachern gets two roughing. Vegas's Petriangelo gets two for hooking. The teams play four on four. 37 seconds left. St. Louis's Colton Pareko steals the puck from Vegas's Shea Theodore going around the Vegas net. Pareko puts it out front and goes, gets it, and puts in a backhand tucked far side past Vegas goalie Flurry's pad. 2 1 Vegas through two. Two minutes into the third, St. Louis's Justin Falk and Vegas's Stevenson battle up the ice, eventually getting two minutes unsportsmanlike penalties each. 2.45 in Vegas power play goal. Smith's second down low. He comes out from the St. Louis goal line, shoots and puts away a second effort to score. The penalty-filled period has five more minors given out, three to St. Louis, two to Vegas, after the unsportsmanlike offsetting penalties earlier. 4.36 left on St. Louis power play. Ryan O'Reilly and slot misses on a wide-open net opportunity. 48 seconds left. Vegas is Smith just inside the St. Louis blue line. Adds an empty net goal for his hat trick in Vegas' 4-1 win as the team scrum at the final buzzer in the team's last regular season meeting. Shots 29-21 Vegas. St. Louis 0 for 3. Vegas 1 for 4 in the power play. Vegas goalie Flurry 1 goal against 20 saves in the win. St. Louis goalie Huso, three goals against, 25 saves in the loss. St. Louis game set perspective. Vegas was a better team in both games, and the results of St. Louis getting a single point out of the pair of games is actually solely because of the goals by St. Louis in the 4-3 overtime loss that Vegas goalie Leonard gifted St. Louis to get the game to overtime. Both David Perron and Jaden Schwartz goals really helped St. Louis not lose in regulation, and it was Vegas who still made sure to get the game-winning goal and the extra point. Yes, St. Louis was competitive with Vegas, but Vegas more so than St. Louis showed this year who was the elite-level team and which of the teams isn't. Vegas's forecheck chewed up St. Louis, and that's a real issue for St. Louis. The single point did put St. Louis over and officially into the playoffs. St. Louis arrived to play already eliminated L.A. in the other expected points. They no longer 
need to make the playoffs. And in overtime, St. Louis win the game. Here's the game summary. Monday, May the 10th, 2-1 overtime win at L.A. 6-20 left in a scoreless first. St. Louis, Dakota Joshua fights L.A.'s Elias Anderson after an Anderson hit. Joshua gets two roughing. Anderson gets four roughing. 4-30 into the second. L.A. from the dot. Stop by St. Louis goalie Jordan Bennington. 5.35 in L.A. Chance off the rush forces St. Louis goalie Bennington to make a blocker save on the shot from the circle. 2.15 left. A point shot wrister by St. Louis's Justin Falk goes off the L.A. post as teams play a scoreless second. 1.25 into the third. St. Louis goal off the rush. Tyler Bozak backhand joining on a passing play. Goes five hole on L.A. goalie Cal Peterson after two St. Louis backhand passes set it up. 7.35 in off the forecheck from the circle. Slapper lifted. Put far glove pass. St. Louis goalie Bennington for an LA goal. 10-12 left, LA 2-on-1 keep, pad save from the circle. 1-10 left, LA power play point shot blast, deflected goes off the short side post. 1-all after 3 needing overtime. 46-7 into overtime, St. Louis's fault. 2-on-1 with Perron, nets a short side wrister overtime game winning goal from inside the circle on LA goalie Peterson. Shots 27-19 LA, both teams 0-2 on the power play. St. Louis goalie Bennington, 1 goal against 26 saves in the win. St. Louis game perspective. St. Louis goalie Jordan Bennington showed up and stole a game for St. Louis at L.A. As the summary indicates, outplayed St. Louis and had way more quality, high-danger scoring chances. The St. Louis goals against was again off a good forecheck play. And luckily for St. Louis, it was also the only one that got past Bennington. St. Louis finishes off the regular season with a pair of wins versus Minnesota at home. Here are the game summaries. Wednesday, May the 12th, St. Louis 4, Minnesota 0 in St. Louis. 1-14 into the first, Minnesota's Matt Zuccarello. Backhand is stopped in close by St. Louis goalie Villa Huso. 1-46 in, St. Louis goalie Huso stretches out to stop Minnesota's Kirill Kaprizov from the circle. 4-42 in, St. Louis's Ryan O'Reilly in the paint stopped by Minnesota goalie Cam Talbot twice short side. 737 in, Minnesota's Nick Bukestad stopped in the slot. 706 left St. Louis goal, Ivan Barbashev as he jams it in the short side just over the glove on a rebound on David Perron's sidewall shot and goal after a Minnesota defensive zone turnover. 625 left Minnesota's Matt Dumba's backhand off a rebound is stopped. 520 left, St. Louis goal off the forecheck on a broken play. Jordan Cairo chips it through the crease to Jaden Swartz, who reaches with his stick to deflect it. Short side glove. Seven seconds left, Minnesota's Jonas Brodine from the circle forces St. Louis goalie Huso to make a blocker save. 2 nothing St. Louis after one. 956 into the second, St. Louis goal, Tori Krug. The pinch on a pass from O'Reilly going around behind Minnesota net off the cycle. 840 left, Minnesota goalie Talbot stop on Braden Shen and Schwartz on the two-on-one. 7.32 left. St. Louis's Shen and Minnesota's Kevin Fiala wrestle and get two roughing each. Four-on-four with 6.50 left. Perron's high-slot one-timer wrister beats Minnesota goalie Talbot glove side. 1.30 left. Minnesota crashed the St. Louis net. Kaprizov has three tries. Zuccarello once and neither can jam it past St. Louis goalie Huso. 4 nothing St. Louis through two. 8.54 left. Minnesota's Victor Rask in tight stop short side and and he does draw a St. Louis penalty. St. Louis kill it off in an uneventful scoreless third as St. Louis goalie Huso makes 31 saves for his first career NHL shutout in the 4-0 St. Louis win. 31-27 shots, Minnesota, Minnesota goalie Talbot, four goals against, 23 saves and loss. Minnesota 0 for 3 on the power play. St. Louis, no power plays. Thursday, May 13th, St. Louis 7, Minnesota 3 in St. Louis. 
to end both teams' regular seasons. 3.27 into the first Minnesota goal, Nick Benino's shot not covered in the crease by St. Louis' Jordan Bennington. Second effort by Minnesota's Nico Sturm, open scoring as he jams it in. 4.06 in, Minnesota goal off the forecheck, Ryan Suter's point shot goes far side with Jordan Greenway's net front screen. 11.45 left, St. Louis' Robert Bertuzzo stopped from the dot by Minnesota goalie Capo Kakinen. 6.10 left, St. Louis' Ryan O'Reilly in the high slot stopped on a one-timer on a power play. 3.56 left, Minnesota goal, and Ian Cole point shot rebound allows Nick Foligno to use his body net front to be able to swing and bat the puck in the air into the open cage blocker side. 3-0 Minnesota after one. 5.26 into the second, St. Louis goal just above the dot. Zach Sanford off the rush, takes it off the wall and toe drags and goes far side roof. 8.29 in, St. Louis power play goal. Braden Chen finds the soft spot in that front for a one-timer in the blocker side off a down low O'Reilly pass net front. 8.27 left, St. Louis goal off the rush. David Perron's wrister at the dot goes far side cookie jar roof. Seven minutes left, St. Louis's Sammy Blay. Goads Minnesota's Hartman into a tripping penalty. 5.27 left St. Louis power play goal. Shen second forehand rebound in the slot. Put Bacher side on a broken down play. St. Louis with four unanswered in the period with a 4-3 lead through two. 5.50 into the third. St. Louis power play goal. Mike Hoffman back pass for Perron at the center point to walk into a slopper Bacher side in for his second goal. 6.33 in St. Louis goal, post and in, glove side by Jordan Cairo, who gets separation on a pass from Clem Costin. 9.19 in St. Louis, Perron hits the crossbar on a one-timer from the circle. 4.54 left, big blocker save by Binner on Minnesota Sturm. St. Louis goal, Cairo second off the rush from the top of the circle, far side wrister over the pad in St. Louis's 7-3 win. 27-20 shot St. Louis, St. Louis 3 for 4, Minnesota 0 for 2 on the power play. St. Louis goalie Bennington, 3 goals against, 17 saves for the win. Minnesota goalie Kakinen, 7 goals against, 20 saves in the loss. St. Louis game set perspective. There is nothing to learn from this set of games that had no playoff seating implications and the team's rested players before the playoffs. Congrats to St. Louis goalie Huso on his first NHL career shutout in the 4-0 St. Louis win that he earned making 31 saves in this pair of defense isn't a requirement games that look from a St. Louis perspective like their regular season games but not Minnesota's at all. St. Louis's overall analysis one of those narratives would be they've been saving up for the playoffs narrative. I'm not buying that, nor am I buying how a team like St. Louis in a West Division with three good playing teams did what has to be considered the next to minimal to get a playoff seed possible. For me, in the back half of the season, I had already come to terms with it. I wasn't angry as I was off the start of the season. Heck, by the trade deadline, I was practically pacified by the play of this team defensively. If you want to be, as a St. Louis fan, fooled by two games that bore no consequence to seeding in the playoffs or the one before with L.A. that if not for Jordan Bennington, L.A. probably wins while St. Louis knew they were in the playoffs and L.A. knew its long shot chance was done prior to puck drop. This is not the place to talk about the playoffs. I have the playoff preview podcast for that discussion. As for St. Louis getting in on what we said in a prior podcast was a pair of loser points to do it to them actually getting into the playoffs by doing it that way says a lot to me about this season. This team was talked about as competing 
for first place with Vegas and Colorado going into the season. By the halfway point, that conversation was about Colorado, Vegas, and Minnesota more deservedly, while St. Louis rolled along with slightly more passion than, say, San Jose has for Summer Beauty League brand of hockey. Villa Huso's shutout win in the team's second last game was St. Louis's only shutout this year, although I hardly think the issues this season were a net. No, they rest with the team's non-existent defensive play. The goalies Huso and Jordan Bennington have to bail out the reasonable enough to get this team into the playoffs after the three top-tier teams in the West Division and this division otherwise is downright weak ass this season. Arizona in the moment they got slightly over 500 actually was briefly in the fourth place spot, not St. Louis. 563 point percentage padded nicely with a push down the stretch that had more convenient circumstances in a harder schedule while battling teams that most of the year weren't 500 like Arizona and LA for the opportunity to be the fourth place team. You want your West Division underdog team? Here it is. It's St. Louis. From my perspective, St. Louis scored more goals, more timely, aided by a power play that also excelled down the stretch to cover up for the defensive issues that cost this team a lot of wins during the season. If you want a narrative, the big issue here is sneaking in without showing really any signs of correcting why they risked not getting into the playoffs at all, and that's still a real thing not addressed. I would have hoped to use the last set of games in the season to share the defensive game for St. Louis has improved for this playoff-bound team in St. Louis. Truthfully, it hasn't. Anything after just getting into the playoffs for St. Louis is a pipe dream based on partial remaining roster that plays nothing like the 2019 Stanley Cup team that did win other than in the jerseys they wear. St. Louis is one of two NHL playoff-bound teams that finished the season with a minus goal differential. At minus one, St. Louis, only Montreal in the north is worse in that stat of the 16 playoff teams. A 10 goals for, three goals against in the last two meaningless games allowed it to get to a plus, I will remind you as well. As I said last week, any playoff success this year by St. Louis will be an absolute upset. St. Louis's team metrics, goal scored 2.98, stayed ranked 13th overall, improving two spots, 19th is the goals allowed at 2.98. They are now identical as the season ends. The power play jumped to 6th from 9th from 14th over the last podcast at a 23.2% success rate. Remember, that's how this team won more games. The penalty kill is 25th at a 77.8% kill rate. St. Louis's useless factoid. Keeping with the metrics, St. Louis finished top five in faceoff win percentage. I regard this as hockey's most overvalued stat, considering a team can be 53.4% fourth in the league which St. Louis was this season, and have a minus goal differential. Still, it was St. Louis's best team metric, and everyone in hockey overvalues its importance. Due to this season, I don't value it highly anymore. Why, I also don't bother to share it on a week-by-week basis. 
thumbs up. If you were expecting Ryan O'Reilly, this is the last week and we have to give him some props. He had a point in each game we cover in this pod with the exception of the 4-1 loss to Vegas. He led St. Louis in goals for the season with 24. The only St. Louis player over 20 goals for this season. 54 points was second on the team in scoring. His 58.9 faceoff win percentage was a team best among actual centers. There's a couple guys that are wingers that actually did better in the dot, but probably on one or two faceoffs. He led the team, O'Reilly did, in plus minus with a plus 26. To give some perspective on that, defenseman Marco Scandella on the team was second at a plus 14. That's a huge gap. At 20 minutes, 45 seconds, average time on ice, O'Reilly played the most of all St. Louis forwards per game. He can't be at fault for leadership by example. He is St. Louis's best forward, but he does need to elevate and get more out of the passengers on the St. Louis team to have any hopes in the playoffs. Thumbs down to me, it was the sheer number of goals against off the forecheck over the last six games played that simply with defensive zone turnovers is really where this team struggled all season. And that is still, based on the final set of regular season games, a problem that is not fixed. After a quick timeout, we come back to look at Minnesota, Vegas, and Arizona on Central Division Hockey, the podcast, this week, West Edition. Welcome back to Central Division Hockey, the podcast this week as we continue our look at the West Division. I'm your host, Tim Bigelow. To begin looking at Minnesota, the 2-2-1 and mark to finish off the regular season probably dampered what was overall a great season by this Minnesota team. Will it affect them as they start the playoffs? That's the question a lot of people are asking. Here's the final Minnesota Expanded West Division standing regular season look. Minnesota 670, point percentage third. Since the last podcast, 2-2-1 two, two and one overall, 35-16-5. 56 games played, 75 points, 181 goals for, 160 goals against for a plus 21 goal differential. The game recaps. Minnesota falls in overtime in the second game of the set of two versus Vegas. That's where we left off with them. Let's look at the game summary. Wednesday, May the 5th, 3-2 overtime loss versus Vegas. 12-27 left in the scoreless versus Minnesota's Victor Rask hits the post short side on the power play from the circle. 10-16 left Minnesota's Kirill Kaprizov hit from behind by Vegas's Nicholas Hag. Minnesota's Kaprizov and Vegas's Zach Whitecloud wrestle as everybody on both teams jumps in. Hag gets two for boarding, Whitecloud four roughing for Vegas, Kaprizov and Marcus Foligno get two each for roughing for Minnesota. 305 left Minnesota's Foligno and Vegas's Hag get five for fighting as they settle the rest of it. 152 left Minnesota's Marcus Johansson snap front deflection on the power play stopped by Vegas goalie Mark Andre Fleury. 128 left Minnesota's Kaprizov's power play chance on a rebound on a Benino shot is stopped. 830 into the second Vegas open the scoring is Chandler Stevenson's one timer on a two on one goes off Minnesota goalie Cam Talbot's glove and in. 2.36 in Vegas's Keegan Colasar's slot shot forces Minnesota goalie Talbot save. one nothing Vegas through two. 3.23 into the third, Vegas's Mark Stone finds a soft spot in the defensive zone coverage between four Minnesota players but can't score. 8.47 left Minnesota goal, Matt Zuccarello stopped. 
by Vegas goalie Flurry's pad save. Zuccarello puts it back to the front of the net where Kaprizov bats it into the open net with Vegas goalie Flurry out of position. 6.37 left Minnesota goal off a faceoff. Kaprizov second, a loose puck in the low circle that he spins and fires forehand short side. 4.16 left Vegas point shot to the slot to Riley Smith, net side where he lifts a one-timer power play game time goal up and in. 151 left Minnesota's Wrath stopped by Vegas Goy Flurry. 2 all after three needing OT. 153 into overtime. Vegas's Alex Tuck makes a no-look pass to Alex Petriangelo. Cross team Petro's one-timer over the pad under blocker is the overtime game-winning goal for the 3-2 Vegas overtime win. 34-28 shots Vegas. Vegas went for three. Minnesota 0 for three with the power play. Vegas goalie Flurry two goals against 26 saves for the overtime win. Minnesota goalie Talbot three goals against 31 saves for the overtime loss. Minnesota game perspective: the previous podcast split this pair of games in Minnesota versus the Golden Knights up. Minnesota took three of four available points and finished strong in the head-to-head with Vegas. This game had great goaltending and was gritty, like hopefully the impending playoff series will be. Vegas came out in overtime, but either team could have won this game. To me, Minnesota playing Vegas was head-to-head the highlight of the West Division regular season schedule, the games those two teams played against each other. Minnesota finishes its home games with a pair of overtime wins over Anaheim. Let's look at the game summaries. Friday, May the 7th, a 4-3 overtime win versus Anaheim. 127 into the first, Minnesota's Ryan Hartman's net front tip is stopped by Anaheim goalie John Gibson. 443 in Minnesota goalie Kapil Kakinen completes a set of three saves on Anaheim shots in the slot and on rebounds. 610 in, big save by Minnesota goalie Kakinen on Anaheim net front all alone chance 7-11 in Anaheim goal breakaway put top shelf glove side 906 in Minnesota gold a down low goal line pass put out net front slot where Victor Ross puts it off an Anaheim defender and in 134 left after tons of offensive zone cycle time Minnesota goal down low put to the slot for Nico Sturm to score five hole 2-1 Minnesota after one 640 into the second Anaheim goal Minnesota net front turnover as Anaheim able to tuck the puck in as Minnesota's Rask on the back check blows a tire 1032 left Minnesota's Jordan Greenway's partial breakaway but he can't convert five hole at the buzzer minnesota's jared spurgeon's toe drag shot blocked but he gets a pass to joel erickson and that goes off an anaheim stick and the short side post two two through two 403 into the third anaheim on a shorthanded breakaway backhander goes off the glove side post 807 in anaheim stopped by minnesota goalie kakinen in the slot on a power play chance 759 left minnesota goal erickson tucks a forehand in off a big anaheim goalie gibson rebound net front 546 left anaheim goal off the cycle after winning a board battle from the circle a one-timer short side roof shot beats Minnesota goalie Kakinen, 3-3 three three after 3, needing 3-on-3 three three OT. 17 seconds into overtime, human highlight reel. Kareel takes a shot from the top circle for Minnesota, 
and the overtime game-winning goal as Kaprizov gets his own rebound and puts it in blocker side for the Minnesota 4-3 overtime win. 36-25 shots, Minnesota. Minnesota 0-3, Anaheim 0-1 with the power play. Minnesota goalie Kakinen, three goals against 22 saves for the overtime win. Saturday, May 8th, a 4-3 overtime win versus Anaheim. 2.43 into the first, Minnesota's Kevin Fiala's two-on-one keep stopped by Anaheim goalie Ryan Miller. 7.58 left, Anaheim goal on a point shot net front tip that beats Minnesota goalie Cam Talbot five-hole. 7.10 left, Minnesota's Joel Eriksson gets four minutes high stick penalty. Minnesota killed the penalty off. 3.27 left, Minnesota power play goal. A three-on-two off the rush, Minnesota's Kirill Kaprizov's one-touch pass to the slot for Jared Spurgeon, who slides it past the glove side pad. Minnesota's Fiala backhand is stopped near the buzzer, 1-1 after 1. 4-13 into the second, Minnesota's Marcus Foligno stopped on a breakaway. 4-55 left, Minnesota goal, Ryan Hartman with a short side tap, finishing a two-on-one with Kaprizov. 4-04 left, Minnesota's Nico Sturm takes it around the net on the forecheck and sets up Nick Bonino, who walks into a one-timer that goes glove side lifted. 3-1, Minnesota through 2. 2.18 into the third, Anaheim goal from just below the dot, put far side top corner. 7.02 in on an Anaheim power play. Minnesota goalie Talbot stretches out and gets a glove to keep the puck out short side. 26 seconds left, Anaheim goal down low with two quick passes to the low circle for a short side lifted tally to tie it. 3-3 three to three after three, needing three on three OT. 2.46 into overtime, Minnesota's Matt Dumba's stretch pass puts Victor Rask on a partial breakaway. He nets the overtime game-winning goal with a short side wrister barring in for Minnesota's 4-3 overtime win. 25-22 shots, Minnesota. Minnesota 1-4, for four. Anaheim 0-1 for one with the power play. Minnesota goalie Talbot, three goals against 19 saves. For the overtime win. Minnesota game set perspective. Minnesota finishes strong at home by finding ways to win these games against Anaheim. It would have been a disappointment to have dropped either of these from a Minnesota perspective and especially to Anaheim and yet it's near to the best Anaheim probably played all year that I watched them. In fact, in Minnesota's 4-3 OT win Saturday, the second game, Anaheim goalie Ryan Miller finished his amazing NHL career making 21 saves in the overtime loss. Anaheim, I think, really wanted that one for Miller, especially in they just fell short. I've always been a fan of Ryan Miller, to take an aside. He won a Vesna in 2009-10 and is the all-time leader in wins for American-born goalies. He's second in shutouts and in games played. With the wins, Minnesota had its franchise-best home points percentage this season. The road was less kind to Minnesota this season as we get reminded by the two losses in St. Louis to finish the regular season. To recap the scores, Wednesday, May the 12th, St. Louis 4, Minnesota 0 in St. Louis. Thursday, May 13th, St. Louis 7, Minnesota 3 in St. Louis. The game summaries are in the St. Louis segment. Minnesota's game perspective, there is nothing to learn from this set of games that had no playoff seeding implications and the team's rested players before the playoffs. In this pair of defense isn't a requirement games. They looked a lot from a St. Louis perspective, like St. Louis's regular season games. But from a Minnesota perspective, they did not look like a Minnesota regular season game at all. Minnesota's overall analysis. Minnesota's 2-2-1 two, two in the final five 
wasn't fitting a way for this team to finish up what was a great season the team had overall. However, looking up until the final two games on the road, Minnesota looked as good as they had throughout the year. And I've already said the last two games should be moved on and forgotten as pure circumstantial outliers. Not to make excuses, but the guys rested in the last game and overall the inconsequence to the seeding was more about staying injury free. I think Minnesota came out and gave a good first period in both games and then simply played summer style hockey that isn't anything like the defense structure that was the base of the team's success as the games went on in this final two games it was playing how st louis has for the whole season san jose especially too for minnesota to do it in a pair of games however i don't really think it should be overanalyzed mostly the competitive play for a greater length prior to those two games defensively reflects the true identity of this minnesota team a group that certainly knows the difference needed come playoff time this group has too much experience not to elevate its game and they will have to be on their A game come game one. Is it just me, or did Vegas, of all the teams, not bring out the best in Minnesota competition-wise? I think they did. Again, that's to be saved for the playoff preview. Simply based on the goal scoring by committee, the solid defensive play of this Vet Minnesota D group, and a noticeable marked improvement in the goaltending, from a year ago, Minnesota is a contender in the West Division. Whether the offseason you wanted to call it rebuilding or retooling at the beginning of the year, GM Bill Gurren hit this out of the ballpark. The other thing I wonder is why there is no Coach of the Year buzz for Dean Evison. Name a team this year that exceeded expectations as much as Minnesota. I had Minnesota as a playoff team, and not too many people even had them as that. They were down to the last few games competing for a division title with teams that essentially tied this year for the President's Trophy. And this was certainly done by Minnesota as a team. I said don't sleep on Minnesota being good before the regular season started. I wouldn't sleep on Minnesota having playoff success as well. Wild Knights are coming, and the next to the Florida first round series between Tampa Bay and Florida. I anticipate that the one between Vegas and Minnesota will be the only one that challenges for the most exciting of the first round for the whole of the NHL playoffs first round series. But we'll save the rest of that for the preview. As for the regular season, Minnesota's season definitely made the West Division more watchable. From a perspective of the eight teams that will make up the Central Division in 21-22, Colorado and Minnesota were the top two by a long shot. And thankfully, they are not playing in the first round of the playoffs against each other. They both deserve to be having an opportunity to play for a division title this year. And Cup Darling Vegas won't make that easy for either of them to do. Minnesota's team metrics, 2.84 goals allowed per game, 16th. The penalty kill, 12th at an 80.7% kill rate. At 3.21 goals scored, that stayed 8th as well from the previous podcast. The power play finished at a 17.6 percentage. That cooled down during the stretch drive to end the season. Tied 23rd league-wide. Minnesota's useless factoid, here's a rare bottom D pair 
Carson Soucy and Ian Cole of the Minnesota team's bottom pair finished the season 1-2 and two in plus-minus at plus-22 and plus-21 respectively. Thumbs up. There are a lot of deserving players for this last week. Rookie Kirill Kaprizov, Joel Eriksson-Eck, and quite a number of others. However, the last one I'm giving this year is for the bounce-back season of Victor Rask, who a year ago was practically a healthy scratch and couldn't get into the Minnesota lineup, with a goal in each for a pair in the games against Anaheim including the overtime winner in one, he reached double digits for goals in this shortened season. 10 goals, 13 assists, 23 points in 54 games played for his best season since joining Minnesota via trade. I was all for buying out Rass before the season began. I have to admit it. His contribution, along with many on this Minnesota team, had this Minnesota team be top 10 in points league-wide. He also, to me, was the least likely player anyone would have expected a bounce-back season from going into the season. Thumbs down after such a solid season. Just the overall duds Minnesota played in the last two games. Yes, they don't matter to the seeding nor the standings, and pretty much meaningless to complain about considering the players that were smartly rested. But what it does is give any Minnesota doubters something to cling on to. I, for one, am not one of them. As Vegas is the other team heading into the West playoffs, just missing the President's Trophy to Colorado on the tiebreaker and setting up a first-round matchup with Minnesota, and realizing that every game but one Vegas played would have a summary over the last two podcasts, a section on how they finished the season was fitting. Here's a final regular season expanded look at the standings for Vegas. Vegas, 732 point percentage, second since the last podcast, 4-1-0. Overall, 40-14-2, 56 games played, 82 points, 191 goals for, 124 goals against for a plus 67 goal differential. To recap the scores for Vegas that we already had in the summaries, Wednesday, May the 5th, a 3-2 overtime win at Minnesota. That summary is in the Minnesota segment. Friday, May 7th, a 4-3 overtime win versus St. Louis. Saturday, May 8th, a 4-1 win versus St. Louis. Game summaries in the St. Louis segment. Monday, May the 10th, the 2-1 loss versus Colorado. The game summary in the Colorado segment. Vegas then finished their regular season in San Jose in convincing fashion. Here's the game summary of their 6-0 win Wednesday, May the 12th versus San Jose. 138 into the first, Vegas's Alex Tuck in close, stopped short side by San Jose goalie Alexei Melnichuk. 352 in Vegas goal, Alex Petrangelo spins and fires short side lifted net front to open a scoring. 748 in Vegas goal, Keegan Colsar puts the loose puck net front, rebound backhand in short side. 133 left, shorthanded San Jose Patrick Marlowe on a breakaway is unable to get a shot and goal in San Jose's best chance on Vegas goalie Marc-Andre Fleury in the period. 26 seconds left. Vegas's Will Carrier drives the net, but he can't finish on a partial breakaway backhander. 2-0 Vegas after one. 305 into the second. Vegas goal off the rush. Tuck passes to Carrier. Net front chipped over and in at the top of the paint. 7-4 in Vegas goal. Jonathan Marchessault goes five-hole on the wrister from the low circle as San Jose defense screens his own goalie 
7.36 left. Vegas's William Carlson can't put away a rebound on a point shot on a power play. 6.39 left. San Jose stopped in the crease by Vegas goalie Flurry. 4.25 left. Tuck fires it off of San Jose goalie Melanie Chuck's helmet. 2.55 left. San Jose bats the puck net front as Vegas goalie Flurry makes a shoulder save. 4-0 Vegas through 2. 4.10 into the third. Vegas goal off the forecheck. From the circle, Dylan Sakura gets his first of the year short side roof. 11.02 left Vegas's Riley Smith wraparound is stopped. 7.44 left Vegas goal off the rush from inside the circle. Sakura's second of the game put top shelf glove side. 41 seconds left. Vegas goalie Flurry makes a slot shot save stopping 19 total for his sixth shutout of the year in the 6-0 Vegas win. Vegas had 44 shots. Vegas over 4. San Jose over 1 on the power. Play. Vegas game perspective found watching Vegas play one of the weaker West Division teams provided a perspective on how dominant they can be when they play to their game. That for sure, just watching them play better teams such as Colorado, Minnesota, or St. Louis, they don't really get the opportunity to impose their game to this kind of heightened level. The other notable is while the power play didn't score in this game, it did provide momentum for Vegas and this team plays great five on five that it doesn't usually rely on the special teams to win. That's a good formula for when the whistles go away come playoff time. A quick Vegas overall analysis. Vegas finished up 4-1-0 over the stretch of the other Focus West Division teams we cover. The 2-1 regulation loss to Colorado really was the only blemish here. Vegas, if not for the stellar play of Colorado goalie Philip Grubauer, had every right to win that game. They certainly in the stretch needed OT to win over Minnesota and one of the games against St. Louis. Those were great games, and on one of the things I started to realize last year wasn't so much the big-name players on this roster, but it's the ones that are less talked about that make contributions game in and game out that help Vegas win. Vegas is a well-built team. Goys Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury won the William M. Jennings Trophy for the lowest combined goals against average for a tantum in the NHL this season. They are more balanced on defense than a year ago with the addition of Alex Petriangelo, who was looking top form in these last few games. They, from an NHL Cup contender perspective, can check off all the requisite requirements. I think Minnesota and Colorado reflect me personally as it relates to Vegas. It's a respect for them. It's not an awe. And it's not an unknown. Not sure that I could say that when the teams entered the playoff bubble in Edmonton a year ago. Vegas is an elite team that we've got to know all better as to why. They will be a handful to beat in a playoff series, save the rest for the West playoff series preview. Here's a quick look at Vegas's team metrics. 3.39 goals scored is third. 2.18 in goals allowed has them ranked first. Also ranked first in the penalty kill at 86.8% kill success rate. The power play at 17.8% is 22nd league-wide finally the central division hockey the podcast west division focused team that didn't make the playoff cutoff as we said last podcast it was going to be arizona and it is arizona 
it was the first loss in the last three games played where Arizona went to 1-0 to finish the regular season. That eliminated Arizona. Here's the final expanded West Division standings look at Arizona. Arizona 482 point percentage fifth since the last podcast 2-1-0. Overall 24-26. 6 56 games played 54 points. 153 goals for 176 goals against for a minus 23 goal differential. Game recaps. Arizona dropped the second of two must-win games in LA to start where we left off. Let's look at the game summary that officially eliminated Arizona from this year's playoffs. Wednesday, May the 5th, a 4-2 loss versus L.A. 1-19 into the first Arizona goal as Oliver ekman Larson's point shot finds its way past L.A. goalie Cal Peterson through traffic to open the scoring. 4-29 in L.A. goal as they get a dump in and get to the puck first in the Arizona defensive zone. That puck is put to the high circle and goes short side off of Arizona goalie Aiden Hill's glove. 10-45 left. Arizona's Elaine Pedersen from the dot forces L.A. goalie Peterson to make a glove save. 7.15 left. LA stopped on a slot chance by Arizona goalie Hill. A pad stop. 6.57 left in LA goal. The Arizona defense collapsed too far down in the defensive zone. LA put the puck up to the point where they are able to skate into the high danger area uncontested and a wrister is netted glove side. 2.16 left. Arizona power play goal. Jacob Chickren from the circle gets it through the arm blocker side and is knocked into the net off the tender skate 2-2 after 1. 14 seconds into the second, Arizona's Lawson Kraus backhand forehand goes off the post short side. 6.54 in L.A. skate into the top circle but are denied by Arizona goalie Hill in a scoreless frame. Still nodded at 2 through 2. 43 seconds into the third pad save by Arizona goalie Hill goes off the post and Chikrin sticks it out of harm's way with L.A. net front. 2.45 in Arizona's Pedersen from the center slot rings the short side post on an L.A. defensive zone turnover. 4.42 to go L.A. goal. A down low back pass in close to the slot put far side blocker. 37 seconds left L.A. empty net goal with an assist by Anze Kopitar. He collects his 1,000th NHL career point. L.A. 4-2 a win. 30-22 shots Arizona. Arizona 1 for 4. L.A. 0 for 1 with the power play. Arizona goalie Hill 3 goals against each. 18 saves in the loss. Arizona game perspective, a 24-12 shot advantage after two for Arizona did not have Arizona in the lead, but the game was tied at two. There were enough missed opportunities in the first 40 minutes for Arizona to have scored more goals. Also defensively, Arizona allowed LA to score to that better defensive zone coverage or that second goal with more effort to get to a dump in would have prevented LA's two goals. LA took control in the third and Arizona had no answers and thus were eliminated. Interestingly, that L.A. had won the pair with St. Louis losing out. It was possible that L.A. was still going to be able to make the playoffs. L.A. was actually the last West Division team, not Arizona, to be officially eliminated in the West Division. But they were, and they allowed St. Louis to secure that final playoff spot. Arizona wins their final two on the road in San Jose. Here's the game summaries. Friday, May the 7th, a 5-2 win at San Jose. 2-0-3 into the first San Jose 2-on-1 forces Arizona goalie Darcy Kemper pad stop. 2.37 in, San Jose breakaway, backhander is stopped. 3.47 in, San Jose goal off the cycle, point shot, open scoring. 11.09 left, San Jose slot shot is stopped. one nothing San Jose after one. A minute 15 and a minute 4 seconds into the second, two key saves by Arizona goalie Kemper. 3.30 in, a San Jose goal off the rush, 3-on-2 keep far side, top corner from the dot. 
5.49 in Arizona goal, Victor Soderstrom's first NHL goal. He walks in from the point to the dot and puts a far side shelf goal. 5.26 in Arizona's Derek Broussard stopped in close by San Jose goalie Yosef Kozinosh. 9.32 in San Jose put Arizona on a 5-on-3 power play. 11.14 in Arizona power play goal. Connor Garland wires it from the circle 5-hole. 4.03 left, Arizona's Garland stopped from the circle Two all through two. 255 in Arizona's Phil Kessel stopped on a breakaway. 453 in Kessel's next breakaway. He goes short side glove for his 900th career point. 746 in San Jose goal. Deep pinch short side roof from the circle. Arizona challenge for offside. Arizona win the challenge. No goal. 957 in San Jose player breaks his stick at the Arizona blue line. Arizona going the other way. Garland stops up and passes to Michael Bunting for an Arizona goal as he fires at roof glove. One second left. Yan Yannick gets his first NHL goal into an empty net. 5-2 Arizona win. 34-28 shots Arizona. Arizona 1 for 2, San Jose 0 for 3 with the power play. Arizona goalie Kemper, 2 goals against 26 saves in the win. Saturday, May 8th, a 5-4 overtime win at San Jose to close out the Arizona season. 2.59 into the first, Arizona's Jacob Chikrin and San Jose's Jeffrey Vale get two each for roughing. 3.32 in Arizona goal, Christian Dvorak. 4-4, four four, Dvorak loops in the half circle to go to the high slot and put a wrist or glove side shelf on San Jose goalie Alexei Milnachuk. 6.08, Arizona goalie Aiden Hill stops a San Jose backhand on a 3-on-2 rush. 6.44 in San Jose goal off the rush from the slot. Arizona goalie Hill a beat 5-hole. 11.17, San Jose cut through both Arizona D for a forehand blockered away by Arizona goalie Hill. 8.24 left Arizona power play goal to Vork second of the game. Point pass down low below the goal line to the circle slot. Put far side over the pad. 4.32 left San Jose goal from the circle wrister lifted glove side. 2-2 after 1. 2.31 into the second. Clayton Keller in close has a backhand stopped. 4.11 San Jose off a clean zone entry have a slot shot stopped by Arizona goalie Hill making a glove save 526 in a San Jose goal individual effort from off the wing on the rush to get to the paint and tuck a forehand blocker side after eluding Arizona goalie Hills poke check try 620 in Arizona goal Yan Yannick low circle flutter wrister finds a short side corner to go in 3-3 through 2 212 into the third San Jose off the rush in the top of the slot is stopped 353 left Arizona goal. Connor Garland off the rush. Gets the corner to get to the net front. Flip the puck backhand to his forehand and put it glove side as he crosses the crease. 49 seconds left San Jose goal. Six on five. Net side rebound. Three seconds left Arizona goalie. Hill makes a backhand save off the rush. 4-4 after three needing the fourth period aka overtime. 230 into overtime. Arizona overtime. Game winning goal. Phil Kessel as he creates a neutral zone turnover just below the dot upon entering the zone he has his shot pinball off both pads and go five hole for the 5-4 Arizona OT win 48-32 shot San Jose Arizona 1 for 2 San Jose 0 for 2 on the power play Arizona goalie Hill 4 goals against 44 saves in the overtime win Arizona game set perspective Arizona coach Rick Tockett called the second game a river hockey we just call it San Jose playing summer beauty hockey league and they pretty much did it all year. But with Arizona officially eliminated, they joined in in these two games. The shots on goal are a clear indication of the lack of attention to playing defense in these games. Hey, I watched Friday's game to see Arizona rookie defenseman Victor Soderstrom play. 
and he got his first NHL goal, and it was a memorable one. Another rookie, Jan Yannick, had goals in both of his first two games against San Jose. The first, an empty net goal. They should have played a shootout after the OT in the game, too, just to have had some more fun. Arizona's overall analysis, Arizona played the season to the level of the competition. They didn't really play above either the high-end teams, nor did they play above the weaker teams. The limitations of every aspect of this Arizona organizational lack of depth was on full display. The 2-1-0 mark sounds respectable. This team won five of their last 17 games. They had put themselves in the position to make the playoffs. They were actually in a playoff spot and then just had a free fall down the stretch to not even finish a 500 hockey team that for most of the year they had been. This isn't a year-end review. We'll do focus pods for all the Central Division hockey teams once the playoffs free up schedule-wise. Arizona finished with the least points of the non-playoff-focused teams that will make up the Central Division, of course, in 2021-22. So by reverse order, we're going to be doing them first. However, I can say much like Nashville, this Arizona team needed above-average goaltending to be a playoff team. In fact, Arizona just doesn't score goals and last year not this year in the regular season Arizona actually got better goaltending than they did this season the combination of play and the injury with the net mining didn't really help provide it this year it's a combination of both the D group came back all intact which you would expect would allow them to keep the goals against down but save for Jacob Chickren's breakout season That was the lonely bright spot of a group that defensively in previous years was also better. The forward group additions and also subtractions didn't turn out to be an upgrade. Realistically, Arizona's lone 20 goal scorer, Phil Kessel, had a bounce back this season, probably due to better health. But he got to the 20 goal mark by cherry picking for breakaways in beauty league games to reach it down the stretch. There wasn't a point-per-game player on this roster in Arizona this year. Michael Bunting coming up from the minors was reminiscent of Connor Garland coming up from the minors out of nowhere. If you want to talk about scoring by committee, however, use Minnesota as a good example. Arizona this season isn't a good example. There's a lot to unpack with this Arizona team. And because the playoffs begin and I need to get the previews for the teams in the playoffs, I will save the full analysis for the team focus review pod. I will add head coach Rick Tockett won't be part of Arizona's team next season. It sounded as if he was testing the free agency like a player would. Arizona GM says he was fired. It's weird. Rick Tockett would have made a great coach for the kind of St. Louis built team GM Bill Armstrong wants to build for this team. You just knew because of the actual Arizona team, the way it's built right now, being so far removed from that kind of team, Tockett would never last long enough to still be coaching it by the time it ever is that type of team. Arizona misses the playoffs for the eighth year of the nine past seasons. Arizona's regular season team metrics, 22nd in goals scored, 2.68. 22nd in goals allowed, 3 
0.11. The power play finishes at a 20.8% success rate, 13th. The PK rank 11th at 80.8%. Keep in mind the hard numbers are final. Teams are still playing up north, so it's possible the ranks could change by that review podcast when everybody really, really is done. Useless factoid for Arizona. Arizona's rookie Victor Soderstrom's first NHL goal, as well as Yan Yannick's, came in the same game, the second last one for the team. Soderstrom's was a highlight, real memorable one. Yannick's empty net goal was the polar opposite, but they still count as first goals, all the same, and congratulations to both. Thumbs up, Coach Rick Tockett dressed defenseman Aaron Ness, 30, who spent the entire season on the team's taxi squad without getting into game action, either at the NHL or American Hockey League level. Tockett made Ness an alternate captain for Arizona's last game. You can file that under a player's coach cred for Tockett's resume, and certainly Tockett tried to get the most out of this short-on-offensive talent team. Thumbs down. The player I expected more from going into the season was Lawson Krause. He, to me, fits the size and style of a player the new GM, Bill Armstrong, would, I think, have given ample opportunity to have a breakout season. In 51 games played, Krause had four goals, nine assists for 13 points. One thing he did do, positively, is lead the team in hits with 155. Overall, however, Krause didn't have his breakout season. I'm Tim Bigelow. Thank you for listening to Central Division Hockey, the podcast this week, West Division, regular season ending edition. Coming up, playoff previews for Colorado versus St. Louis, Minnesota versus Vegas in the West Division that get underway right away. So look for those however you stream the podcast. Thank you.